And it's Wednesday here with another edition of WeatherWise, the podcast and the meteorologist at 47 ABC WMDT. I'm Chief Meteorologist Rich Wurzik, again joined this week uh, by uh, meteorologist Jake Grant. And coming off of a pretty quiet weekend for some, a problematic weekend for others. Um, I would say, Jake, and you probably agree with me, Saturday wasn't too much of a problem in most spots. It was Sunday where we got into some of the heavy rain uh, that moved across the area. Yeah, and especially in Sussex County, they really kind of got a strong few cells through there. Some of them had, uh, I know one of our weather watchers told us that they had over seven inches of rain there over the weekend. So that was a lot of rain that came down in a quick amount of time that lasted into parts of Monday where we had that aerial flood warning um, near the uh, Nanatoke River in Bridgeville just because it was cresting and it just, that was one of those spots that saw those torrential downpours. And that's the thing me and you always try to um, harp on, I feel, that it is with the storms in the summer, it's when we say it's going to rain, it doesn't mean everyone will see the rain, but those people who do see the rain can see those downpours of one to two inches an hour. And if you have a storm that kind of stalls out or they keep firing over the same area, it can become problematic when you see two, four inches of rain in such a short amount of time. Um, especially with some of our drought conditions, it can really cause some flooding pretty quickly for some areas, especially bad drainage areas and stuff like that. That's a really good point. We're at the time of the year where our severe weather concerns never go away from you know damaging winds, but really it is flash flooding that uh, we're most concerned about this time of the year with the, these type of storms that don't seem to have too much movement, no steering current, and that's basically the winds aloft several thousand feet up. There's not much movement with those to kind of guide these storms along. So they develop, they kind of meander where they're at, sometimes sitting in the same place. They redevelop over the same areas. We saw that on Sunday, and it wasn't until a very weak cold front. It's hard to call them cold fronts this time of the year because they don't really cool us down too much. They just drop the humidity Mm. a little bit. But it wasn't until a weak boundary, as we would call it, moved across Delmarva to push those storms out. And you you were talking about, Jake, some of our weather watchers telling us how much rain they picked up over seven inches in some spots. I know uh, in Bridgeville, Debbie, the one that comes to mind right now, told me on Monday afternoon, she picked up six and a half where she was at uh, from those storms on Sunday. Um, And some of the lower totals across the area were, you know, one or two inches of rain, which is usually a decent amount Mm. of rain. But uh, in the Salisbury area, it was like two to two and a half inches of rain. There were even flash flood warnings briefly out for those spots, but uh, thankfully didn't see too much in the way of high water across the area. But a lot of water in a short period of time and nothing compared to what they've been dealing with in New England. Um, mm-hmm. Some of the catastrophic flood, flooding they've had, they've had uh, landslides up there. I know that uh, Vermont and the state of New York hit very, very hard. Um, all those states in New England, not to leave anybody out, but uh, torrential rain that has been occurring in those areas over several days. So they basically picked up what we saw in Sussex County. Uh, events like that have been ongoing the past couple of days. And I think finally that they've, with this pattern change, has been able to kind of move out from that. But in its wake, you know, right when we were done with uh, the rain and, you know, thinking we can get back into some decent weather, we're back to the wildfire smoke. <laughs> yeah, and uh, that's, it isn't as big a deal this time with the more so air quality issues for us, but it is back, and that's partly doing, due to the fact that we have a strong El Nino now instead of the La Nina, which I was just talking with a couple, one of our reporters about this, that now the steering currents basically set up our jet to have a perfect 
uh, line straight down to Delmarva, but that line also coincides with the chance for better storms that'll last throughout the winter, so maybe we'll see some more stronger winter storms. But the steering currents aloft are allowing where those fire locations are, especially in parts of Manitoba and Alberta, to really just kind of flow directly into our area. Um, and it is leading to this time the upper air is diffracting and refracting a little bit more so you know that's what you get the sunlight or sunlight uh, different looking sunlights and sunset sunrises sunsets there we go um, with the brighter reds brighter oranges but we can have the air quality issues for some this time it looks like we aren't going to have as many air quality issues but you still can feel it like you were mentioning on your run if you're out for a longer period of time but this is more so a um, optical thing that we'll be experiencing, especially this morning, the sunrise on the beach actually that I, we were watching in the morning was a much more cloudier view. And part, part of that was from that marine layer, but a large portion of it was from the smoke in the upper atmosphere. Yeah, it's a good point. You know, with the, the smoky skies, you either get the optical issues. Well, you don't want to call them issues. It actually yeah. makes for really cool looking si yeah. skies, sunrises and sunsets. It's obviously when the smoke is closer to the ground, where we have problems and talking about uh, we were talking about before the podcast started you were mentioning i you know went for a run on monday yeah as the smoke was starting to come back in a little bit and just after that run i could feel it a little bit maybe that's just more me being out of shape but <laughs> you know uh not as bad though you bring up a good point not nearly as bad from an air quality standpoint as the last bout of smoke we went through a couple weeks ago uh which was more a uh, surface based uh this smoke being in the mid and upper levels uh, giving us those nice sunrises and sunsets. And we typically, every summer, see events like this, maybe not as pronounced, but in the upper levels of the atmosphere, wildfire smoke that typically is coming in from the western United States gives us these type of smoky skies and some really cool views there in the morning and evening. But uh, this time around, Canadian wildfires, just some numbers that I saw Monday afternoon uh, when I was taking a look at some of the articles coming out. Uh, at one point, the authorities in Canada saying that 882 active fires were uh, registered across Canada that they had. And of those active wildfires, they considered 581 of them to be completely out of control. So you thinking that an active wildfire is probably defined by many, many, many acres of land. And uh, to put that on a scale of in the hundreds like that, um, it's kind of unprecedented. I mean, really, when you look at it, um, especially not just for parts of eastern Canada that typically don't see these type of wildfires, but the scope of the entire area of Canada, west to east, that um, has been seeing uh, these wildfires. So something that we talked about weeks ago that uh, we're going to have to deal with here for the rest of the summer. This time around, not so bad for us here in Delmarva, but I know in areas off to the west, like uh, not even just the D.C. Baltimore area, but back into the Midwest, Ohio, Indiana, Illinois, some of those locations up to Michigan, they've been seeing the type of smoke that has been bringing their air quality down and making it uh, dangerous for some people with respiratory issues. So um, certainly a unique issue that we're having here as we go into the later part of the summer. Another part of it, uh, speaking of unique issues, um, not unique to the southwest. They have a heat dome right now that has been building, and their high temperatures have been well above 100. That's not unique to that area. What's unique is the fact that they've stayed at the peak of what's considered hot for them, the 120s to near 130 for high temperatures. Not the heat index, the high temperature. And that has been ongoing now for several days, going into a few weeks out in the southwest. Yeah, and that's just due to the fact that that high pressure that's built in there, it's so strong right now and again that goes back 
to part of the El Nino effect that we'll be seeing now that the high pressure is able to build a little bit stronger in the southwest, but this is a little more unprecedented um, with how they've had, uh, I think some spots about three weeks over 110 degrees in it's some spots, especially in that. the deserts. Um, and obviously there's the argument online in the weather community about the uh, <laughs> uh, temperatures in Death Valley and other par- portions of Las Vegas, or Las Vegas, Nevada, there we go. But um, yeah, the heat dome that's built in is really just a strong high pressure system that kind of limits any growth of the clouds. So you're not able to get that precipitation, help cool stuff down. It doesn't really allow for the formation of big synoptic scale systems. It kind of just blocks them and almost is sending them over the jet stream and towards our way eventually. Um, but it kind of just basically insulates that portion of the country to where it's going to be experiencing those high temperatures and steering away any big level clearing for some cooler temperatures and again it's summer now so any cold front that moves through is really just dropping maybe a couple degrees really if we're being generous and with how strong the high pressure is it isn't looks like it's going to stop anytime soon until something is able to battle it out and help start to chip away at that high pressure. That's right. And what you were alluding to, too, the on-land weather community, the argument with uh, the highest temperature ever recorded on the planet is 134 degrees in Death Valley. Mm. And the argument online that we've been seeing in the weather community is, was that a reliable high temperature? The World Meteorological Organization and a few other internationally known organizations still consider that 134 to be legit, you know? And there are lots of arguments you know, that could say yes or no on that, whether or not that that was a reliable temperature. But I think it's important to note that if you're getting near 130, which has already happened this week in Death Valley, that's pretty, uh, pretty hot. Yeah. So (laughs) if that 134 wasn't reliable before, the fact that we're getting close to it now uh, probably at least lends to the fact that it was a reliable temperature, but we may not have to worry about that anymore because it's possible that that temperature could be recorded here soon. Yeah, and that's a good point that now we're saying that it really is possible for it to be that hot. Um, and it's kind of a trend that obviously everyone knows it's stuff's becoming warmer, we're experiencing warmer summers, and especially for us here on Del Marva, we're experiencing those heat index values of 110, but out there, that's a pure temperature value of 130s or 120s. And that's very dangerous heat. That's prob- probably some of the most extreme heat people will ever experience in their lifetimes. And I don't know how they do it out there with that type of heat. Granted, it's a different type of heat, drier heat, but um, we experience more of a wet, heavy, heavier heat. But still, that's a very uh, dangerous amount of heat. And it's showing the changing climate with how we're seeing those temperatures more regularly, where before seeing 110s used to be kind of the anomaly. Now it's almost more of a common practice for out in parts of Arizona, Nevada, um, New Mexico, even um, in parts of California, see those 110s regularly. And now the 130s are becoming the anomaly. So who says five, six years from now, we won't be seeing temperatures even hotter than that in those places as the heat domes that build in in the summer are just gonna become stronger and stronger. Uh, it's uh, amazing to see what's going on out there and uh, kind of scary to think about yeah. it too at the same time. And um, you know, speaking of heat, back home here, we've gone through typical G- July heat. We've talked about acclimation on a previous podcast. Um, now, you know, highs in the low 90s, heat indices around 100. That is very typical for us for July. Um, we've been kind of stuck in that pattern, as you would imagine, because it is July. But with the fair starting, the Delaware State Fair here coming up uh, for the weekend, 
um, starting actually here uh, later in the week. It is at least uh, exciting to see that the temperature may be coming down just a little bit, and we are getting into a pattern that cuts the edge off the humidity just a bit. So just quick preview here. we got the Delaware State Fair um, starting here on the 20th, I believe, and um, that's a Thursday. And myself, I'll be up there Thursday and Friday. We broadcast live 47 ABC during our news hour, so we want you to come by, stop by, and see us up there and say hello. Uh, I'll be up there broadcasting live Thursday and Friday. I know that you're going to be there Saturday, Sunday, and Monday, Jake. Yep, and then the following Saturday. And then the following Saturday, which would be the last day of the fair. And then next week, I'll be up there Tuesday through Friday. So uh, one of us up there, one of us back here in the studio, keeping an eye on in case there's severe weather. Um, And if that was the case, we would obviously uh, have the meteorologist back here in the studio go live with some of the radar uh, images and if we got to that point. So we're we're set here on both ends, but I'm kind of excited for the fair. What about you? You're a hometown guy. Yeah. I've a guilty uh, uh, thing, though. I've never actually been to the State Fair. Wow. Um, Okay. I'm from Delaware. I am from northern Delaware, so it isn't as big of a thing up there as it is down um, in Kenton, Sussex County. Gotcha. So this will be my first fair. Uh, A little embarrassing to admit that, even though I'm from Delaware, you know. Um, But it'll be fun. I'm looking forward to it. I'm really excited. I'm even going to uh, the concert on Monday night with some of my friends. So that'll be fun to do on Monday. And overall, it's looking to be pretty nice. I know this morning I've been talking a lot about the weekend for Sunday and Saturday. Me and Jordy are so excited for Saturday together as she's walked into the studio right now in the middle Hello. of our podcast. Um, but hey. no, uh, it's all in good fun. But Saturday and Sunday are looking to be fantastic. Like this mid to high 80s are going to be really comfortable out there. And the dew points look to be crashing in a sense so um i've been talking it up all week so hopefully i'm not wrong i don't think i'm going to be wrong because the cold front that moves through is looking to shift it'll be a it'll be a reprieve from last year during the fair last year uh we had highs in the mid 90s i believe on some days the humidity was through the roof as well that was some legit um you know stifling heat that we had last year so this should be better from that standpoint Obviously, I can't talk about thunderstorm coverage this far out. You know, that, yeah. that remains to be seen. But it does look like we're going to have at least some very nice days for July standards going into the fair. But uh, excited about that. Of course, we're going to have a podcast next week. We'll be in the middle of the fair, and we'll talk about some of the crazy sites we've seen up there. I know that there are a lot of fun things to do up there. And every year, there seems to be something interesting. Last year, I saw that they had alligator meat uh, for sale up there oh, at, the, at the fair. I don't know if I'm going to try it this year, but... I don't know if I'm that adventurous. Uh, I'll, I'll stick with some interesting sandwich or something, possibly. Okay. Yeah. I interviewed an ostrich last year. That's right. Jordy interviewed an ostrich last year. She just reminded us. I remember that. And you that was very um, on point, how you did that. You had a microphone stand, and you just you know put it up as high as you can. How tall was that ostrich? It's like eight feet tall. Which isn't right. saying much. Well, well that isn't the... Here's the deal. It was a dude riding an ostrich. Now, I'll have to admit, I thought it was a real ostrich my first day there, so I was really like excited, and then I realized that this thing was That's fake. probably how Jordy looks next to me every yeah, morning. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, you That's, know, so, some of us yeah. just, you know, just weren't blessed with height, you know? you know? Or it's just you, you're really, really, really tall. Yeah, well, yeah. you know. You're tall. Yeah, it's that okay. standy was a reality check. The standard was, there yeah, you go. But, yeah, uh, I saw that, it's in the window next to mine. I'm yeah. Like, yeah, he's definitely taller than me, so. <laughs> But anyway, yeah, come up and visit us at the fair. Myself, Jake, Jordy, the rest of the 47ABC crew, we'd love to see you and say hi. 
Um, but uh, between now and then, uh, this has been another edition of Weatherwise, the podcast of the meteorologist here at 47 ABC. Thank you for downloading and streaming. And of course, we'll talk to you again next week.